Testing, one, two. Hey everybody, good morning. My name is Sean Tierney and this is the Automation Morning Show in which we cover what's new and happening in industrial automation and this is not our normal stream day. Our winter hours are Tuesdays and Thursdays, but today is Wednesday, January 24th. So yesterday's live stream, the audio was way overdriven. And so after the show, I was reviewing it and I, I spent a half an hour and I just could not fix it. So I figured I'm just gonna delete yesterday's episode and I'm gonna redo it today. And uh, so if you watch yesterday's live stream, if you suffered through that audio that was way too loud, um, then you're going to see the same stuff today. But if you missed it because I deleted it and it wasn't available to watch after the fact, then you're in the right place. Now, I just double checked all my settings. And one of the things StreamYard does not do is show me my audio levels. So I can't see them and they're fine over here on the mic. I just double checked in Windows to make sure that it was still at, I need about 85% here to come in at right around the right um, the right levels here and uh, I'm just double checking and it says 85% so I'm not going to let StreamYard adjust the audio anymore because then we had what happened yesterday but in any case let me go over to uh, this scene here and let's go ahead and get started with the uh, morning show and so I'm still learning how to use this new software so bear with me but in any case um, I like to start off the show with a reminder that if you're new to the show uh, you'll find every link that um that we cover in all our shows all 160 plus shows over at automate.news and every link actually goes to um right to the news story we covered so because this was uh we're redoing yesterday's show um all the links are already up there and uh, we actually have somebody helping us do this we think they're going to work out great and um, this is going to free me up to get more uh, other stuff done at, for the company so in any case, with that said, I want to go over to today's sponsor and thank The Automation School for sponsoring this episode. If you know anybody looking for PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please have them go over to theautomationschool.com and check it out. They can send me emails. I've been getting emails every day about people asking about different courses. And so, um, and we'll talk about a little bit about that later in the show. Um, first up, though, uh, we have a press release from ABB about them acquiring an R&D engineering company uh, based on uh, to advance their AI and software driven automation. And I was surprised that um, the company name wasn't up there in the title like it was for seven cents. We covered that last week, but you can see here MeshMine. So um, this is an AI company and uh, congratulations to ABB and MeshMine on the merger acquisition. Um, from there, we go to Phoenix Contact. And when I originally saw this article, I'm like, VPAC? What's a VPAC? I'm thinking, you know, we recently had Siemens on to talk about the virtual PLC. This is like, what is this? But in any case, no, this has nothing to do with program control as well. Not directly. VPAC stands for the Virtual Protection Automation and Control Alliance. And this has to do with substation architectures. And uh, it's very important. This is a very important topic. Cybersecurity, especially with utilities like power, is very important. But another important fact, I'm going to bring this up is um, we need to harden our um, commercial electrical grid and power stations against EMPs and solar flares. They have some protection, but it's about 10% of what's needed for, the, for like a 100-year event. And 100 years ago, when we had a big solar flare, it wasn't a big deal. It fried all the, all the telegraphs, but maybe that was over 100 years ago. But um, today, I mean, how much of our life requires power, right? And so... Um, there is a famous actor, I forget his name, he's going around the, the talk shows talking about what we need to do to harden 
our public, uh, you know, grid and, uh, you know, these uh, commercial um, power plants that produce power to the grid. And uh, definitely worth it. I know all the military, most of the military has already been done, but we got to get the public grid done too, because where do, where do businesses get their power? Typically from private uh, power generation companies. So in any case, I figured I'd throw a little bit out there. Um, I know I saw uh, this gentleman. He's a famous actor. I can't believe I can't remember his name, but he was on Tucker and several other uh, talk shows talking about this issue. And he, he narrated a documentary on it, which is why he's promoting it. But in any case, uh, from there, we go to Yokogawa and they have announced that they are teaming up with Tim Solution Inc. to bring their 8D, that's right, 8D digital twin to customers. Now you can see a picture here of their 8D system. A lot of times you're thinking 3D, right? But uh, in any case, let's see, I know somewhere in here it, it uh, talks about the eight dimensions here. So uh, let's see here if I can find it. Uh, optimization of production, assets, and supply chain. And I think there's more in there. I, I'm missing it. But in any case, uh, if you want to know more about this uh, digital twin, check out the link to this article. From there, we had a big announcement from Mitsubishi Electric. They have uh, released or updated their factory automation integrated selection tool. And this is for products like PLCs, remote IO, HMIs, servos, VFDs. So it's a one-stop shop if you're building a Mitsubishi system that kind of build your uh, bill of materials and uh, it's great. I think all the major vendors have a tool like this and they're so useful. I know I've used the Siemens one and the Rockwell one a bunch. And um, so check this out if you're a Mitsubishi user. From there, we go over to Linmont and they have a press release that they've just completed the uh, creation of their new research and development center. So you can see a picture that they're featuring here of it. And so if you're a Linmont customer and you live near this facility, you may want to go check it out. It looks pretty cool to me. Looks like they got some labs here in the background and some other offices here as well. Congratulations to Linmont on the, the new or the completion of the R&D center. From there, we have a press release from Beckoff. They released a new product. It's the uh, CX5600 embedded PC. And this one's powered by AMD Ryzen. So I'm typically using Intel myself, so I'm not up to speed on you know, which Ryzen is more powerful than the previous version. But in any case, um, this is a big deal for them. This unit includes two independent gigabit ethernet interfaces, four USB 3.0 interfaces, one DVI-D. It has a um, flexible assignable multi-option interface, X-Factory. I don't know anything about that. And uh, you can get it with either four gig or eight gig of RAM. Now, if you're using this for, um, you know, for as a PLC, right, to host their software, then uh, you probably won't need the 8 gigs of RAM. But if you're using it as a PC with a SCADA system, then you probably want to get the 8 gig. So in any case, i got to reach out to them again and get them on the show because I they have this whole product line and very interesting stuff. We cover it on the news all the time. But, you know, unlike like Corner Automation we just had on, I really feel like I have a good grip of what they do. And, of course, we've had Schneider on a lot recently and Siemens, so I have a good grip of what they're doing. Back off still, I don't know if I really understand their product line. Uh, with that, we go over to Thompson. They have a press release that they, or product news, that they just released a new compact linear motion system. Okay, we have a nice picture of it down here. So these look like electrical slides to me. And let's see some of the details on them. They come with integrated stepper motors, lead screws, profile rail linear guides, um, linear ball bushing bearings and end blocks, and more. So if you're interested in those, I know they are a 
good company that makes some great stuff. So check that out. Uh, from there, we go over to IDEC. Been looking for news from IDEC all year. I think we haven't had anything from them in a long time. And so when I saw this come up, um, I was like, oh, this is great. We'll be able to cover something new. Now, typically, I can't go by the pictures up here because they, they go through like a dozen pictures. So I have to go all the way to the bottom of the page here to find the press releases. And that's where we find the press release on their new XAXW short body e-stops. And um, this gives you all the information about these e-stops, but uh, better um, to take a look at the picture. And here's a picture of it right here. Now, I don't know if they make any, any models with terminal blocks. These look like they're solder connections. So in any case, probably not something we're going to use. But I thought what was interesting here was the illumination type required by ISO 13850. You can see here it's red when it's on and it's completely white when it's off. Okay, so uh, different than those, uh, like the, all the pilot lights we use here, they're like, you can tell the light's off, but the lens is still red when it's off, right? So um, very interesting new uh, new parts here. I don't know if this is a uh, the XA, the conventional XA. I don't know if that's um, it's that, if that has screw terminals on it or not. But in any case, uh, we go over to industrial computers, and Syncos has uh, a new, they're featuring their uh, slim embedded computers. These can be used as either standalone industrial computers or mounted to the back of one of their industrial displays to give you an industrial, you know, um, you know, flat panel PC. And uh, we also have uh, Advantech promoting their MIC 715OX ruggedized AI system for heavy machinery. And I'm, I'm just very curious about this because they have all these bulkhead connectors or these... Uh, hardened, uh, you know, sealable connectors, but then the USB, and I think that's HDMI, are not. So I don't understand that move. Maybe they're just, maybe they are waterproof and they just use the standard connectors. I don't know. But in any case, from there we go over to, we have the sales release announcement from Siemens on their new smart adapter. This is for, well, initially for the G220. And uh, instead of reading you this, let me go to the image here. So apparently today they have the cin Cinematics uh, Smart Access Module. You can see it here. But what they're doing is they're releasing this uh, Smart Adapter. It looks kind of like a dongle, much smaller than the modules above. And uh, this will eventually work for the G120, the G120C, the G115D, and the G120X and XA. The same with version 20 on this slide. Um, but in any case, this is to give your... Uh, this is what they're calling their third-gen Wi-Fi solution for those drives. So I wanted to share that with you. We also had a sale release news for the Cinematics S220 bookshelf Boda modules. And so these allow you to do zero stacking, right? So um, in any case, you can see them here. And uh, they're, they're very tall, but very thin. And we had sale released on the ET200AL multi-field bus interface module. Um, this is great. We talked about the uh, in previous shows the multi-field inter multi bus interface module for the ET200 SP. And um, this, is, this is, allows your rack of distributed I.O. to communicate on, you know, Profinet, Ethernet IP, and Modbus TCP with one piece of hardware. And it can do it all at the same time as well. Of course, only one control can only be on one network, but you can read in the values on the others. Um, and I think that's a cool, that's one of my top trends. I, if you missed it Monday, I released a new video. It's a short, like two minute version of that 40 minute uh, video I did a while back on the trends in industrial automation. And that's one of the trends I highlighted. 
so uh in any case this is cool we're actually having them on i was checking i think it's um and next week or the week after we're having them on the recorded episode actually i think it's two weeks out we're having them on the recorded episode because they have these multi-field buses coming out for all their products which is really cool i don't know you know there's a lot of vendors doing this like metla toledo and others but um some of the big vendors the big name vendors you and i know are not doing this and will this result in them being left behind right by being such a closed system and not working with other people's products we will see from there we go over to uh another new announcement here drives sim designer so this is um software for using siemens drives you may want to check this out now over at smc they announced a couple of new products wear resistant tubing clear type as well as the electric gripper for collaborative robots there's two different versions here there's a low profile you know depending on what what uh you know how you need to pick stuff up here this one this low profile one gets into some tight spaces but in any case check those out if you're looking for those products and with that we come to our featured product and i'm featuring factory talk of usc today because i had somebody uh you know write in and saying hey sean uh, i need factory talk view site edition training and so we were talking about USC basics and how I created this, uh, this uh, course from scratch to take a new user, maybe somebody who's done HMIs or other skaters, and take them completely through everything they needed to know with VueSC. There's also a PDF here that um, you can uh, download and show to your boss if you need to get approval to get it. But I put in here, I really summarize all the lessons to give you like the, the, uh, the bullets of what I cover. And I tried to look at it as somebody who's designing a system. So we go through, first we look at the samples and glean what examples we can learn from them. We talk about, I have a presentation where we talk about, hey, what's standalone? What's network standalone? What's distributed? What's client server? All that stuff. So I kind of walk through that to kind of set the stage. Then we look at the samples to see what we can glean from them. Then we build an application from scratch and we go through everything you need to do. And we also talk about best practices like how to use pop-ups, faceplates, uh, placeholders, and, and um, parameters and all of that, because that's what people are doing today with this product. You'd, we just don't create a screen. You know, we try to reuse our graphics. And sometimes we'll use the same screen for different PLCs. And I show that in here. I also give away the PLC code for everything I could think of except the Micro 800. So, um, you know, I give it away for the PLC 5, Slick 500, Micrologics, Logics, Compact Logics. You'll see that all in here. So if you have any questions about this course, it is a more expensive course because the software was very expensive to purchase, the development software. But uh, it's a $199, and if you do buy this course, this was another question the, the student had, you can later upgrade to one of the bundles that has this in this for the difference in price. So if you buy this for $199 and then you want the $500 bundle, it's just a difference in price, right? So um, you just contact me, I give you a coupon, and you're good to go. So I wanted to feature that today. Now we go into some uh, pretty interesting articles. Uh, Siemens has a new article, How AI is Changing Factory Maintenance. And this boils down to being about their Sensei predictive maintenance software. But I thought it was very interesting and it talks about um, you know, AI and predictive maintenance and, and how that's to changing systems. And I thought it was interesting, so I wanted to share it with you. We also had an interesting article from uh, Aviva, Essential Features for Rapid HMI Scaler Development. Now, this, this article starts going into some InTouch uh, features, but still, as a, a you know, somebody doesn't have a copy of InTouch, um, I still thought they made good points here, like needing SVG graphic support and 
resolution independent um, based independence based on your aspect ratio. So even though they're kind of you know touting some of the nice features of InTouch, like the new user-defined data type or user-defined types feature, this is still no matter what scale you're using, these they're still making some very good points in this article. From there we go over to a Schneider, and um, I can't close these pop-ups, so we'll have to live with those. But in any case. Um, this article is about six ways digital transformation drives non-revenue water reduction. So if you're, you know, a, a water wastewater facility, a water or wastewater, I know sometimes we say that too fast, right? Um, you know, sometimes the taxpayer is paying for things. This isn't for profit. This is to reduce costs to the, to the community. And so I really enjoy this article. It does talk about some things that you need to consider. I, at one point, I was going to put this as an application profile because they do talk about a particular customer. But um, then at the end here, it's really generic, just a list of enablers like real-time monitoring, pressure management, predictive maintenance. So um, I left it as just an article, and uh, I think you guys will find it interesting. From there, we go over to RF Ideas, and um, they had a great new article about the ultimate guide to HMI security, what manufacturers need to know. Basically talking about the benefits of using a key card instead of a password. What happens most of the times is the password just gets shared amongst the users because production is king. You got to keep production up. You don't have a lot of times time to issue people their passwords or change HMI to, to add all the new passwords. So by giving a physical security uh, key card, nobody's going to be able to hack remotely into your HMI using a password. Somebody, you know, maybe shared and that email got out into the open. But uh, in any case, I thought it was an interesting article. Next up, we have an article from Banner. We do have them scheduled to come on the show. I think it's this week um, to do a recording of the show. We're looking forward to having them back on. Uh, this is entitled Vibration Sensors for Industrial Automation. It does a good job, especially if you have somebody junior on your staff, kind of discussing what a vibration sensor is and why you would need it. And then they start going into some of the solutions they offer, and they have some pretty cool stuff here. Um, from there, we go over to PNF, and they have an article on II. High IoT solutions for industrial communications and process industries. And, you know, we've covered their products quite a bit. They have the hazardous location, cell phones and tablets and other things. Um, and here they're talking about Industry 4.0 and Manufacturing X. And they're talking about some of their solutions that they offer. And speaking of process, we just got contacted from Endress Hauser, which I'm excited about. Uh, hopefully get them on the show. To talk about their products because we cover them a lot in the news but uh, i was thinking about that because of process we were talking about process so from there i do have to reach back out to pnf and get them back on the show uh, rc has done a great job in the past um here we have a edu very educational article for electromate now for you veterans out there you may not pick anything up on this but if you have any junior people on your staff you know some youngster who's trying to get into uh automation this guide to encoded types um, is pretty good. You can see here a picture from uh, Positol. I did not see any new news on their site today when I checked it out, or I should say yesterday morning when I checked it out. But in any case, they go through rotary encoders, absolute encoders, incremental encoders, magnetic encoders, linear encoders. So definitely a great article for somebody who's new to the business and needs to learn about encoders, a very important part of automation. And over on ProSoft's website, we have a new article. This one's regarding Profinet. And uh, they're usually talking about Ethernet IP because of their close relations with uh, Rockwell. But I thought they did a pretty good job kind of giving an intro to Profinet. Now, 
in uh, preparing for the Automation Podcast, the year-end show, I usually do that between Christmas and New Year's, but I was on a vacation this year. Um, in preparing for that, I actually went out to the automationblog.com and created three new articles on the top 10 videos we had this year, the top 10 podcasts, and the top 10 um, articles we did over there. And the reason I'm mentioning this here is, um, you know, the top, if we look at our all-time top 10 podcasts that were reviewed this year, okay, so going all the way back to 2013, but the ones that people watched this year, the one we did, I think it was back in 2020, it was a detailed deep dive with Siemens on Profinet. I really enjoyed it at the time. It reminded me of some of the other deep dives I've, I've done with other vendors like on ControlNet and DeviceNet back in the day when I worked for a distributor. And um, that was one of our top 10 uh, videos. As a matter of fact, I think EtherCat, Profinet, um, IOLink, they were all in the top 10. So you guys really out there who are who are going back on the automation blog and watching past episodes, you guys really like those uh, technical article, those technical shows just like I do. I really enjoy them. But in any case, uh, if you're not, if you want to see what the top 10 is, I am going to try to record after this show uh, a podcast to release today at 3.30, uh, going over those top 10 articles. And like I try to do that every year. And then I've got to edit next week because I'm off most of next week. So no shows next week. Um, and uh, i got to edit the one for next week, which I believe is a Siemens episode. So um, we are recording new episodes uh, this week for with other vendors as well. Uh, with that said, I really like this article because I didn't even know about this. So obviously MDT, we did have them on the podcast. They did a great presentation introducing the product, but then at the end they gave us a demo and I just thought the software looked really professional and, 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 and um, well done. But having said that, this tech tip uh, from obviously MDT talks about triggering a backup of your device like your PLC using an OPCUA trigger. In other words, Let's say you're bringing a contractor in to work on a machine, to work on the PLC program. You can walk up to the HMI and you can tell the HMI to take a backup, to tell uh, Octoplant to take a backup of the PLC before you let the contractor actually work on the machine, which I think is so cool, right? I mean, who doesn't want to do that, right? So a lot of times you'll save a document with a new name before you give it to somebody to edit, or if you're editing a project, you'll give it a new name. So I just thought this was really cool. I didn't know they had this capability, but very cool stuff. From there, we go over to a software toolbox. They had a new article, Data Hub, Five Quick Steps to Writing to a Database Table. And so I recently had somebody reach out to me. I think it was at automation.locals.com, one of our community members. And they said, hey, Sean, have you ever written directly from a SQL database, like uh, Microsoft SQL Server or MySQL or something like that, to a PLC? And I was like, I don't know of a, a, a database that actually knows how to talk Profinet or Ethernet IP or OPC. Like, that's not built in. That's not what they do. That's why we typically need that middleware, like Data Hub or um, the uh, Softing product um, I forget what it's called, but we had a whole uh, episode of the automation demo on that, and that looks really cool, right? I don't have copies of either of these packages, but um, it, the demo looked like it made it very easy to do to get data, you know, to, to set up the OPC connection to your PLCs and to get data out. And, you know, like this article makes it look like it's very easy to do inside of Data Hub. But in any case, um, having said that, you know, back in the day, I was a big fan of uh, Rascal, which Rocco renamed... Uh, Transaction Manager, it used to be RSSQL for Rockwell Software SQL. But in any case, that was always so easy to set up and use. 
And you know, that's typically what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to find one of these products to, um, to allow you to either write data from the database to the PLC or vice versa. Now, if you, if you just need to collect data from the PLC, typically your HMIS SCADA will do that. And most SCADA systems will talk, uh, you know, you'll go through the steps, that same steps of setting up a DSN and connecting to the database and whatnot. But if you got to do a query, and a lot of times this is where we use Rascal, we'd have to say like, okay, I need to, so here's an example. I need to, um, uh, I have these lenses and I need to know what coating to put on it. This is a real world example I worked on. So they, they would scan the barcode of the lens, the tray of lenses. It would go through transaction manager and query the database. And then it would bring back the coating that had to be put on the lenses, right? We also did this for ice cream. They wanted to display information about the ice cream they're making. So they had a, like a part number for the ice cream uh, on the HMI, but they wanted to display on the HMI what that was, right? Was it chocolate chip? Was it uh, cookies and cream? So they would query the database and bring that and display it back on the, instead of trying to load that database into the PLC, which the database changes too. So they just wanted to go right to the, go right to the database. So good stuff to do there. And a great article from Software Toolbox. Now from here, we go over to an application profile or case study. Uh, that Rockwell released about Cartoner or Cartoner um, and their new machine and the new the new uh, products they're using on it. And here, I, I'm not going to read it for you, but I did want to cover what they're using. Uh, on this system, they're using Factory Talk Optics. We're still hoping to get them on the show. Uh, Armor Kinetics, we have had them on the show. That's a pretty cool product. Uh, Compact Logics, Armor Block IO, Powerflex 525s, and Factory Talk Remote Access, which we also, we've had them on the show as well. So in any case, uh, interesting application profile case study from Rockwell. And from there, we go over to Beckoff, and they have an application uh, uh, profile on a company that does precise machining of small parts, and they're using TwinCat CNC. And over at Aviva, they have an interesting uh, application study on um, Aviva Pi. So like OSI Pi, they bought OSI Pi, so Aviva Pi, and about how they're using it to increase OEE and um, also reducing scrap. So very interesting stuff. I used a lot of OSI Pi as Factor Talk Historian, really grew to like it, especially with the vantage point that Rockwell bought and put on top of it, um, really cool stuff. Um, here we have an application story about a car wash from Schneider. And this is about the T-SYS motor starter system or motor control system. Um, very interesting how they go through what's in the, you know, where the different places you'll find this. And uh, I just thought they did an interesting and good job on this application uh, study. And um, I know I'm using application profile study case. I'm using those all interchangeably. I'm sorry, guys. But in any case, um, very interesting. We did. I, we had them on the show last late last year. A really interesting product. You should check it out if you haven't. Um, and then as far as the guide we're going to feature today, if you're new to the show, we have over 1,700 articles and videos at theautomationblog.com. And we've taken all the Factory Talk of USC, or we've taken all the top 16 products we've covered, not every product we covered, like we don't have enough yet on Mitsubishi to do a Mitsubishi guide, but we're getting there. But in any case, so you can see these are the 16 guides we have, 100% free. And in our Factory Talk of USC guide, we have over 45 articles and videos teaching you about Factory Talk of USC. So um, whenever I learn something, or I run into a, a problem with the courses I'm filling, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put a new uh, uh, article up here uh, just so everybody can, will be aware of what's going on and how I solved it. And, you know, I solicit uh, from other people to find out what they're doing. 
Uh, with that, for events, um, oh no, this is new firmware. We have new Octoplant firmware available from obviously MDT. This is uh, version 101.2.7. And I think they also have new version dog firmware available. I'm sorry, software available. Uh, version dog 987, 9.8.7. And uh, as far as events, Unitronics is having a uh, event coming up on cybersecurity. I think they actually have an event today, but it was too late to get it into the show. I got the, the notice of it was too late to get in the show. So we, we want to give you guys at least a week um, when, we, when we announce an event. So in any case, this is Tuesday, February 6th at 10 a.m. Eastern. And um, we're hoping to get Unitronics on. Like I said, with uh, Horn Automation, we just felt like they did a great job explaining their system to us. And we'd love to learn about Unitronics. Looks like they got some cool stuff. From there, we're into the documentation section. We got a new manual on the Siemens Cinematics uh, G115D. We also have a new manual on TIA Portal Cloud. We have a, a podcast on that. We also have this, uh, you know, we've been talking about Rockwell. They've been releasing new uh, manuals on their device libraries. So think like Plant PIX, right? Think, you know, free faceplates, free add-on instructions for their products. This particular one, we covered other ones in the past, but this one's on their network products device library. So if you're using Stratic switches or other de network devices from Rockwell, you want to check this out because you'll get free uh, add-on instructions and faceplates for your, for your HMI. And I believe right now the, the faceplates come on um, Factory Talk View SE, Factory Talk View ME, um, and uh, Panel View 5000 or uh, View Designer instead of Studio 5000. So in any case, I haven't seen them add the Factory Talk optics yet, but that may be coming, who knows? Uh, they also have, and, and I want to talk about this for a minute, Plant PX Control Strategies document. Now, this document, you know, I've always, whenever the terminology changes, I'm always, especially given my third, you know, my history of using this stuff for 34 years, um, I'm always curious, like, why did they, what's this new word? This is the first time I've heard this, right? And it could have been out for a long time, and I'm just like, just hearing it now. But in any case, I wanted to just uh, talk about this with you. And again, if any of you smart folks out there can bring me up to speed on this, I'd appreciate it. But um, in any case, so we used to call, you know, plant, plant, plant PAX add-on instructions and faceplates. And then we started using plant PAX process objects. And now in this manual, they're actually coming up with something called Rockwell Automation Process Object Library. And they say that includes the plant PAX control strategies. So interesting terminology there um, from Rockwell Automation. And as far as uh, Schneider, they have a new catalog out. This one's all about their PLC, PAC, and automation devices. So if you're looking for a catalog just on those, those products, this is the one you want. Um, we've had them on the show. They've gone through a lot of this. Actually, I was noticing the Modicon PLC, the Machine Level Control podcast, also made the top 10. So, I mean, it's great to make the top 10. Um, I think uh, V18 from Siemens and V35 from Rockwell also made the top 10. So we'll, we'll talk about that in the podcast. Hopefully that's coming out today. From there, there was also two more flyers from Schneider. And these, I always kind of like these when a vendor allows you to connect their HMI directly up to one of the other products. It doesn't have to go through the PLC. So um, we used to see this back in the day with the connected components and um, the connected components, building blocks and things like that. Um, but in any case, this is how you can use the Harmony ST6 HMI with the Lexium 32, which I believe is a servo drive. And they had another one here, how you can use the Harmony ST6 with 
the Tesis Island uh, starters. So very cool. Um, and then over at Delta V, over at Emerson, we had a Delta V Edge Environment Product Data Sheet, as well as a Delta V Simulation Cloud uh, Service Data Sheet. And one finally, even though this showed up new, I typically won't show up, I typically won't bring to you articles that show up new or documentation that shows up new, but is dated in the past. For instance, this one's dated April of 2021. So when I first pull it up, it's like, oh, this, and this happens, right? So I don't know if they make minor edits and they just don't change the date or they never had it online and they just add it. But uh, in any case, we want to bring you new news, not old news. Um, but I did leave this on because, I, you know, I've been working with 1771 a lot. I have a lot of modules. I've, you know, they're running about 15 to $25. So I was able to pick up a real a variety of modules for the upcoming PLC5 class I'm teaching, including, you know, 8-bit, 32-bit, 16-bit, uh, or point modules of all different types, you know, not just the IADs, OADs, I, IBDs, OBDs, but also like the IQ16, OQ16, OWNs, and just just great. And then when I saw this, I'm like, hey, those those are our uh, 1771 wiring arms. And um, I didn't know that Delta V had, and you've got to assume that most major vendors do have these systems, but I didn't know that Delta V had a way to take the 1771 wiring arms and put them directly into a Delta V uh, input modules or output modules. So in any case, that's why I left that in. And with that, we got a couple of cool videos uh, that I want to share with you in our science and technology section outside of automation. And uh, the first one is on a wheeled robot that, um, that can climb stairs, that can jump over uh, different things, that can uh, cruise around like he's, uh, like he's just a four-wheeled vehicle. And I, I just thought this was very impressive. Most of the robots we look at, you know, especially the bipedal ones, they're very slow and lanky, right? They're just like, you know, I guess because I don't want them to tip over. But um, this guy can really get up to speed here. And it's, you know, he's going backwards, he's going forwards, he's climbing stairs up and down. And, you know, I just think it was uh, very impressive, very impressive. Five-hour battery life. That's, that's impressive. And then the other one I wanted to share with you, this one was a robot designed to uh, get around objects. So he can walk on very difficult terrain, um, he, they, they have all these examples of it navigating around holes in the ground. And so I, I guess this would be for search and rescue or for uh, getting to uh, places where the terrain is uh, very difficult. But I was just impressed with this. Of course, the link will lead you to all these videos. But I wanted to share this one with you because I just thought it was impressive. It's not one of those very slow robots that's going really, really slow um, in any case. So let me stop that. And... There's also an audio track with that that explains the kind of the technology behind what they're doing. Um, this article, for any of you out there who are like me, who have an electronics background or are interested in it, um, this article is from IEEE again, uh, diodes at right angles, double autofocus capability. So this is something Canon, the camera company came up with. And um, again, if you're in electronics or photography for that matter, you'll probably find this interesting. And finally, the last article we have today is from Premio, the industrial computer company. But I, I haven't seen this article. I've seen it posted be, uh, previously, but it's been like a year. And I really thought um, it was interesting. I wanted to share it with you. They actually have in here a chart. And this the, the article is entitled, The Six Levels of Autonomous Driving Explained. And they have an SAE J3016 chart here showing all the different SAE levels of autonomous driving. And I thought this was interesting because 
Um, some of these, the driver's still driving and they're just getting support from the computer. And on, on the other side of the chart, the computer's actually driving and the user doesn't have to do anything except just keep an eye out, make sure it's not making a mistake, I guess. But in any case, I, I always find these, uh, this autonomous driving stuff interesting, so I wanted to share that with you in the other science and technology section. And with that, we're coming to the end of the show. Thank you to the automationschool.com for sponsoring today's episode. I also want to thank everybody who signed up over at automation.locals.com. That's our community, replaces our forums. We're, we're, I think, two people away from hitting 1,400 community members, which is awesome. I know a lot of you follow on YouTube and, and LinkedIn and whatnot, but this is more for the community for the Q&A that comes in. So uh, feel free to join up. I think the cost of admission is one cup of coffee a month, two bucks. So um, I want to thank everybody who has signed up. Thank you, guys. Uh, from there, uh, you can follow for free, too. Of that 1,400, not everybody signed up. So a lot of people are just following us to get a feel for the system. So in any case, um, from there, I do want to let you know that you can send in your own news tips if you think I'm missing something. And this includes vendors. If you're a vendor and you're like, Sean, you didn't cover our product announcement, use this form, send it in. I'm trying to cover everybody, but you know, I got 200 web pages I'm going through uh, every morning when I do the show. So it's quite a bit. And I know I'm missing some, some stuff out there. So uh, also want to thank everybody who picked up content collections. The, the uh, person we are, are using to help us with automate.news is also going to be working, especially I think next week when I'm out, helping us make uh, news clips and news, short news stories, but also help us make more of these eBooks. It's very time consuming to take all the articles we have and build them into an eBook. So we're hoping this person will be able to help us with that. I've given them a template that they can use. And, but again, it's time consuming. So I don't think we'll see anything right away, but I'm hoping in the coming months, we'll have maybe four more eBooks we could offer you that you can buy to support us. I mean, these are buy once own forever type eBooks, you know, they are copyrighted, so you don't buy once and then repost it and try to sell it yourself. But in any case, um, I also want to thank everybody who, uh, who picked up one of our video collections. And with that, just a reminder, if you're new to the show, automate.news, that's where you'll find all links to every story we've covered. What do we got now? Over 3,400 news stories that we've covered in the last year plus. And so uh, anything, you can sort it by vendor, you can sort it by... Um, you can sort it by category, like is it product news, press release, application profile. You can also search. We're trying to tag them now, like AI, Cobot, um, you know, predictive maintenance. We're trying to tag them that way as well to help with the search engine. So in any case, uh, it's completely free. Uh, no disgusting pop-ups or other stuff to, to, to uh, bug you. It's just a database of all the stories we've covered. And with that, let's see if I can figure, back, figure out how to go back to full screen here. And um, just a couple things. We will have a show tomorrow covering today and tomorrow's news. And um, then I'm out. I'm going to my son's wedding down in Florida. And I won't get back in time on Wednesday to do a Thursday show. So it's very time intensive. And so I just won't have enough time to do it. But um, so what I'm doing is I'm actually looking at uh, renting a suite of offices because you should see this place. It is a mess. There's boxes everywhere. I just don't have enough room. And after 10 years... I'm tired of being cranky because, you know, deliveries are coming or, you know, people are knocking at the door or the neighbors are making a lot of noise. So it's, it's time. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing uh, both uh, in-person training and more virtual training in the new offices. Plus, I'm really looking forward to have people in and interview them. Um, I, I want to have, there's a lot of vendors who've wanted to come in and sit down and do a sit down like a tech talk. And also some really smart customers. I was talking to one this week who uh, just really smart, uses a lot of really cool stuff. He's actually sent me some stuff I haven't even unboxed yet, 
But I'd like to have customers like that in to talk about what they've been doing and what they've been finding, kind of like a tech talk, right? So um, next week we won't be on. We will be back tomorrow, but not next week. But we do plan to have a podcast today. We do plan to have a podcast next week on Wednesday, 3.30. Um, we did have a new video come out Monday. If you haven't seen that, check that out. And we do have three new articles on the automation blog about our top 10 content from last year. And any vendors who are walking, watching, I have updated all the stats in our media guide. You go to the automationblog.com, click on the media guide. You can see how many followers I have. You can see how many views we've gotten. You can see I, the podcast is over 158,000 downloads last year. Puts us squarely in number one for industrial automation product and technology podcasts. So um, just really excited. Thank you guys. And um, we hope this year the automation news will, will take off. The Automation Money Show will take off and really rival the automation podcast. But um, hey, I just want to thank you for watching. That's the end of the show. Sorry about yesterday's, but I hope today's came out better. And uh, I want to wish you an awesome day. We'll be back tomorrow. So until then, no matter what happens, stay courageous, stay fearless. And until next time, my friends, peace.